0: This is a podcast from The Business Times. Welcome to Property BT, a podcast series by The Business Times. I'm senior correspondent, Leslie Yee, and I'll be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. Coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, office buildings in many cities are struggling, but Singapore is an exception rents in the central region rose by nearly 12% last year. The outlook, though, may be turning sour for office buildings. Tech boys were paying big bucks for fancy dicks to pamper their precious human talent in many places, including Singapore. But valuations of tech companies are much less frothy today amid higher interest rates. Tech giants are laying off staff and cutting their real estate requirements. For example, Google is giving up space at Alexandra Technopark. The global economy is slowing too, as higher interest rates take a toll on businesses and consumers. Is Singapore's strong-performing office property market on shaky ground? Are office rents here too pricey? Perhaps rental demand will weaken substantially, and rents could slide. Let's get insights from Marcus Liu, CEO, Savills Singapore.
1: That is something that is highly subjective. We are in a free market, so one can't really say that prices or rents are overvalued because it's largely determined by the market. The market knows best in terms of where they set their levels. Take for example, even as we speak now, despite the challenges that the Hong Kong economy is facing, Singapore still ranks number 5th or 6th as far as priciest office rents globally, behind the likes of London, New York and Tokyo. What's driving the rental demand for offices here? Well, the demand in early 2022 was driven largely by the tech and social media sector. They had sufficient funds to expand back then. They were very, very aggressive. That created a lot of momentum that kept the rental trajectory positive till the end of 2022. However, there has been layoffs in the tech industry specifically that had happened despite the reversal of fortunes for these two industries starting in the second half of 2022. Now, the constant flow of family offices and the expansion in some professional services sectors have also made up for the pockets of demand that infilled smaller office spaces. So that's the reason for driving rental demand for offices here. There is no denying that economic malaise and the ills that befell the tech and social media industry will take a toll on demand. However, the Singapore office market is still able to weather these dead weights for now, purely because as far as the next few years are concerned, the supply of grade A office space is very, very low, and that is helping to keep rents, especially for grade A product, high. Then there is also this need for multinationals to look for green buildings, to look for buildings that are low carbon in the infrastructure and in terms of operations. So there is this imperative by multinationals to be in those buildings that will continue to keep such buildings at rates that are high. The challenge is whether the tech sector layoffs will continue for the rest of the year that will potentially put a dampener in terms of the rising rents. It's still a question mark in terms of how that's going to impact But by and large, we feel that rents overall will creep up by minimally 2%, according to our forecast by the end of this year.
0: Marcus sounds constructive on the Singapore office property market. He may be right that tight supply of Grade A office space will help support rents of Grade A buildings. Marcus shares interesting insights that there are many companies seeking office buildings with the right green credentials. Climate change is a real and present danger. So it is great if developers rise to the challenge of providing workspaces that do minimal harm to the environment. I think it would be cool if, despite the humidity, we can work comfortably in buildings with good natural ventilation. Singapore likes to be number one in many things. How about being number one among global cities in providing green and sustainable workspaces? Space users have plenty of choice among the many office buildings available for rent. What buildings stand out in the leasing market? Let's hear from Wong Sien-Yang, Head of Research, Cushman & Wakefield, Singapore.
2: Demand for top-quality offices remains resilient, supported by a sustained flight-to-quality trend as companies seek top-quality offices to elevate employee experience, boost corporate image and meet sustainability targets. Additionally, hybrid work has helped fuel the flight to quality. Companies can take up lesser but better quality spaces without significantly increasing their budgets, further underpinning the market a limited pipeline supply of Grade A offices. The trend is also evidenced by a divergence in vacancy and rental movements for CBD Grade A offices and other lower-grade buildings. Vacancy rates for Grade A offices have fallen to under 5% at the end of 2022 and rents have risen by about 6.5% last year. On the other hand, Grade B office vacancy rates have held steady at about 10% with only 2.3% rental growth in 2022. The trend is similar for decentralized offices where Grade A office supply is limited. Based on our market intelligence, leasing interest at upcoming new decentralised developments look promising despite the economic slowdown.
0: Xianyang Yang could be right that space users will plumb for high-quality buildings. These could be in the Central Business District or CBD or in decentralised locations. The amenities and transport connectivity of many decentralised locations are good. As such, great buildings, be they in the CBD, Pahaleba, Companies or Jurong can be attractive to space users. Indeed, with hybrid working, maybe businesses need less space in total but need better workspaces. After all, many businesses do not want to have demoralised staff dragging their feet back to the office, but seek to have excited staff eagerly heading back to the physical office because it is a fun and inspiring venue for co-creation and collaboration. I spent many years working in the CBD in Raffles Place, Suntec City, Marina Bay and Tanjong Pagar. It broke my heart to see a CBD devoid of life during the height of the COVID pandemic. Today, I'm happy that Singapore CBD is vibrant again. The many office buildings are hardly white elephants. With technological tools available, many of us can work productively from just about anywhere. So why is the physical office still relevant? Let's hear from Saville's Marcus Liu.
1: Humans are generally social creatures. The physical office will always be relevant, regardless of which era we belong to. However, the mode of working has and will continue to evolve as we are experiencing the change currently. Technology can never replace the need to meet face to face because physical encounters impart greater information to third parties in meetings ranging from the projection of your body, body language, the tone of your voice to the counterparty. So there's a whole bunch of sensory inputs that cannot be replaced by technology to date. Well, until maybe perhaps sometime in the future. Nevertheless, technology has allowed Employers to reduce their office footprint in the sense that it allows for both flexi and hybrid work practices.
0: The physical office will evolve, but it will remain relevant. People want to meet face to face, and hopefully, robots will never replace humans. I think bosses like to have staff in the office, and if economic conditions get rougher, maybe bosses will get even more of their way in getting warm bodies back to physical offices good developers will need to anticipate needs and provide relevant products. Indeed, there are many older office buildings that are being refurbished and upgraded. Could we see more new office buildings offer tenants the use of a swimming pool like Guaco Midtown on Beach Road? Still to come, thoughts on buying Strata office spaces.
1: A brand new monthly podcast inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record joins the BT Podcast's lineup in April. Conversations in which editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media Trust discuss the modern news industry from their insider's perspective. Editors Talk will feature straight talking editors addressing challenges, strategies, and offer insights into how newsrooms have had to adapt in the face of digital transformation. Information that might just offer you answers in your business sector's digital transformation journey. First episode out in April. And now, back to Property BT
0: from the Business Times. We have talked about the continued relevance of physical offices and why discerning space users may opt for high quality workspaces. We have also discussed the impact on demand and rents from a slowing economy and staff layoffs in the once high-flying tech sector. For individuals who want to invest in physical office property, whether for rental income or for own use, the focus may be on strata spaces. Own a floor, part of a floor, or a unit in an office building that's owned by many different parties. Are strata-owned office buildings good buys? How can such buildings compete with the likes of Grade A spaces owned by major landlords? Let's hear what Catherine He, Director and Head of Research Singapore at Colliers, has to say.
3: Strata offices, especially in the central area, are limited in supply, comprising less than 15% of Singapore's total office stock. This was further exacerbated by the URA's restriction last March, prohibiting any strata subdivision of commercial properties in the central area. Strata offices are able to give investors exposure to the Singapore office market at an affordable entry price, thereby providing investors access to the commercial market with generally longer tenancies and higher yields. Some investors also buy for own use, looking for capital appreciation over time and preventing uncertainties with renting. In Singapore, SMEs make up around 99% of all enterprises. As they employ less than 200 people, they usually do not need large or expensive offices and make for a sizable tenant pool for strata offices. Since cooling measures such as additional buyer stamp duty and seller stamp duty were introduced in the residential market, investors have turned to strata offices as an alternative investment as they do not need to pay ABSD or SSD. There is also no restriction on foreign ownership. Finally, bank financing is readily available to investors with stable financial credit ratings, allowing investors to finance strata office purchases easily.
0: Certainly, from the tax angle, buying and owning strata office space can trump buying and owning a second home for investment. There's no need to pay additional buyer stamp duty when buying office space and the property tax for office buildings is lower than for non-owner-occupier homes. Catherine may be right. There's limited inventory of strata office spaces in central locations, and small and medium enterprises form a large pool of tenants for strata-held office buildings. A problem I have with investing in office properties here is that the yields often are too low, to the point of possibly being irrational. In a recent column in the Level Ground in the Business Times, I question whether valuations of office buildings need to fall as valuers use higher capitalization rates to value income streams in light of rising interest rates. Put simply, if you are borrowing at an interest rate of well over 4% per annum or getting close to 4% from a Singapore dollar fixed deposit, surely a yield of just over 3% from an office property is just way too low. Let's get insights from Wong Sian yang of Cushman & Wakefield.
2: Singapore's Grade A CBD office net views remain largely unchanged from 2021 levels and asset repricing has been very limited. And this is a reflection of demand supply dynamics in Singapore. Most property owners are not motivated to sell at a sharp discount. As operating performance remains strong with positive rental reversions continue in 2023, I bet, at a lower pace compared to 2022. Also, there is limited available office stock for sale, as office stock in Singapore is largely held by long-term investors or occupiers. Given Singapore's economic fundamentals and strategic location in Southeast Asia, one of the fastest growing regions in the world, investor interest for Singapore offices remain high, as Singapore is viewed as a safe proxy for investment into Southeast Asia. Nonetheless, given a lack of repricing in Singapore versus other markets globally and the negative carry, investment sales volumes have slowed. Activities could pick up in the second half of 2023 when the outlook on interest rates get clearer.
0: Perhaps we are at a standoff in the office property market. Many building owners are long-term holders who are not under duress to sell and many buyers like to get Singapore exposure but do not want to commit Given where interest rates and property yields are. Still, Singapore's office buildings are likely to be long term winners should Singapore continue to punch above its weight in drawing businesses to grow regional operations and carry out high value activities here. But the transaction cost to buy office space has gone up with this year's budget. For non residential properties, buyer stamp duty is now four percent for amounts over one million Singapore dollars and five percent. For amounts over 1.5 million Singapore dollars, both up from 3% previously. For a $5 million office property, the buyer's stem duty has risen from around 145,000 Singapore dollars to about 220,000 Singapore dollars. Let's hear what Catherine Hur of Collis has to say on Singapore's office buildings as an asset class and the impact of higher stem duties.
3: Due to its reputation as a global business hub, the Singapore office market is expected to enjoy stable rents and capital appreciation going forward. The availability of offices, especially in the core CBD, remains tight due to a lack of new supply and withdrawal of existing office stock for redevelopment. In addition, more global firms are expected to set up their regional headquarters in Singapore to hedge against geopolitical risk. There are also more family offices and asset managers setting up here attracted to Singapore's reputation as an international financial hub. In turn, this will lead to the growth of ancillary business services such as law firms, management consultancies, insurance companies and accounting firms expanding their operations and looking for office space. Prices of Singapore office buildings remain well supported by the strong holding power of asset owners, tight occupancy, rental growth as well as keen investor interest in quality core assets here due to their safe haven status. With the increase in buyer stem duty, investment sales of offices could slow in the near term as buyers digest and factor in the higher cost, in addition to macroeconomic uncertainties and higher interest rates. Consequently, there might be a period of mismatch between buyer and seller price expectations if both sides factor in this increase in transaction cost. Nevertheless, office asset prices are likely to remain resilient and grow over the long term, due to the strong underlying fundamentals of the Singapore office market.
0: Catherine is probably right that Singapore's office property market's fundamentals are strong. Singapore has a business-friendly environment. Infrastructure and connectivity are good. The society is cosmopolitan. Living environment is rather pleasant. So Singapore is scoring well as a business hub. And this bodes well for office buildings as an investment. Being a good property investor is probably an art and assigns. Knowing when to buy, where to buy, and what type of assets to buy can make all the difference. Is there risk with Singapore office property? Yes. Are there opportunities? Possibly. Need luck? Probably. And that's a wrap for this edition of Property BT. Do join us for the next episode where we look at strategizing for success when buying an HDB built to order or BTO flat. Should one try for a unit in a mature estate or in a non mature estate? Are prime location public housing units worth considering? One does need to be a lot more careful in BTO exercises, as those who turn down their first chance to choose a flat will be bummed down the BTO queue. I'm Leslie Yi. Thank you for listening and happy property
1: hunting. This is a podcast by The Business Times.